Welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor, where each week we deliver the latest chiropractic research and marketing strategies, all in the time it takes to get to your office. Now here's your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. Hello and welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. On today's episode, we're talking all about the temporomandibular joint, TMA joint, which kind of sounds like ATM machine, automatic teller machine machine. Uh, TMJ joint is what we're going to be talking about on today's episode. A new study that came out, an open access case report, and it just came out this month in 2023 on Curious, and that is spelled C U R. EUS. We'll drop a link down in the show notes if you want to check it out yourself. I thought it was a good opportunity just to explore the TMJ that we rarely talk about on this show. And also, it's an area where I just don't, I'm not the best clinician on taking care of those issues. But that doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean it's not showing up. And I'd love to learn more. Hopefully, you would too. I'll also give a huge shout out to Dr. Alex Vidan, uh, one of my long-term friends who teaches about taking care of the TMJ all over the world. So if you want to step up your clinical skills, highly recommend every time he's speaking about it to check it out because he has just really, really great information, really solid information. Today's episode will be a broad overview, not of technique, but more about what the research says. And it is titled, the paper, Temporomandibular Disorder Treated with Chiropractic therapy. And again, we'll drop that link down in the show notes. Now, before we get started, I want to take a few moments to talk about Patient Pilot by the Smart Chiropractor. Patient Pilot by the Smart Chiropractor is the number one reactivation system in chiropractic. Our average member is generating 26 reactivations each and every month via automated email campaigns. If you would like to step up your reactivations, I'm going to encourage you to do a demo. It's easy. Head over for 15 minutes. We'll ask you a bunch of questions. We'll dive into what you are currently doing and see if it's a good fit. Uh, you can do that at thesmartchiropractor.com. Again, that is at the smart chiropractor.com. But as I said at the top on today's episode, we're focusing on the TMJ. Temporomandibular disorders, they constitute a array of different symptoms that affect the temporomandibular joint and the surrounding musculoskeletal tissues. So historically, these things have been known interchangeably, right? Temporomandibular disorder was known as TMJ dysfunction syndrome, functional TMJ changes, myofascial pain dysfunction syndrome, temporomandibular pain dysfunction syndrome. All of those things kind of just lump into the same thing. I am sure there's somebody listening that knows the nitty gritty differences between all of them, and there probably are differences, but in general they're all kind of fall under the same bucket. So easy to kind of just know that as you look at the literature and as we talk through it today, we'll use those terms pretty interchangeably. Now, how big of a deal is this? It's probably a bigger deal than it seems. So TMD uh, occurs in 4% or more of the adult population in the United States. So every 100, which is wild, to think about every 100 people that four of them have uh, a TMJ issue is a really, really big deal. And I think it's why us as chiropractors, we see this. It's not the number one thing, right? You're going to see more low back, more headache, more neck pain. However, like shoulders, like knees, like hips and ankles, this is one of those things that does show up, not obscurely, but relatively consistently in our practices and is predominantly characterized 
by pain syndromes that include myofascial pain, myalgia, and arthralgia. So how does this all begin? Well, it's not really well understood as far as the etiology is concerned, but it is thought to contribute or, or be correlated or caused by a variety of different challenges, some biological, some environmental, some social, some emotional, and even some cognitive factors. So important to keep in mind, like skeletal pain, this is multifactorial by nature, and there is an emotional, a cognitive, a social component, and potentially even environmental. So aside from just the biomechanics alone, and that's really important when you're having conversations with your patients asking pointed questions, inspiring people towards uh, better health. These are really, really key components beyond just being the technician of delivering the adjustment that matter. And they really matter, in my opinion. So what are some other comorbidities associated with the TMJ issue? Chronic headaches, pretty obvious there. Fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, sleep apnea, which is interesting, and psychiatric illness. So these are real big factors and real big comorbidities. Chronic headaches is an easy one. But some of these others, I probably wouldn't have guessed sleep apnea, for instance, psychiatric illness. So make sure you're doing a deep dive on some of the history here, because again, if the contributing factors are really, really deep and really, really wide uh, beyond just the biomechanics alone, it might take some time and it might take more than one or two treatments to get somebody really feeling better because you have to build a relationship with them. You have to inspire them to better health. You have to change a little bit of their outlook. Not that we are psychologists or psychiatrists, but we're doctors, we're teachers, we're educators, and we're those partners in health. We need to show up as that and show up knowing that asking the right questions can ultimately lead to far better outcomes. Now, it also has been shown that depression and anxiety increase TMJ issues. Uh, they increase the risk, I guess I should say, of TMJ issues and myofascial pain. So, you know, again, these maybe aren't the first things if somebody comes in with a TMJ issue, you're like, well, you know, do I ask about, you know, depression and anxiety? In this case, it seems as though we should be asking some questions around that because you really, really want to get to the heart of the cause. And it might be a little obscure. It might be a little opaque. You might not be able to say just because somebody's depressed, they have a TMJ issue. It's not that linear, but it's important to understand that. So as you guide treatment and care, you can do it in the most meaningful way possible. Now, here's the really, really good news. Non-invasive treatment options relieve pain in up to 90% of the people struggling with TMJ issues. So nine out of 10 people, your practice is basically where they should be. They, you know, they should be getting non-invasive rehabilitative treatment, which is what we do. It is what you do as a chiropractor. Now, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, NSAIDs, like naproxen, they have been commonly prescribed. Additionally, we see muscle relactants and antidepressants used to treat some of the pain. And, and lastly, there are you know, surgical interventions when rehabilitative techniques are not really getting it done. But 90% of the time, you should be able to really, really help people, if not more than that. But you have to be able to ask the right questions. And the other thing is, you, know, you think about these alternatives, and it's just like, ah, it just kills me when it's like the alternative is a medication. Like if, if you have a biomechanical issue that's influenced by anxiety and depression, you're taking like an NSAID? Ugh, I just, how, how is that going to help the situation? It's just not most of the time. So be aware also, as you set expectations with patients is why I'm saying that, that they're not 
cutting bait too soon. If it's going to take like just too many chiropractors out there, in my opinion, stop treatment too soon. And patients might be feeling a little better. But when it comes back two weeks later, they think the care didn't work when really they just didn't do enough of it. And that's a really important distinction to take to heart. Because if the patient two weeks later comes back and they don't think chiropractic worked, they don't come back again. I say this practicing in orthopedic practices for a number of years. People would come in, how do you how do you do with the chiropractor? Because like you saw a chiropractor three years ago. Oh, I did fantastic. But then it came back, so I knew it didn't work. It, that is like super, super common. Um, and those people, you know, you don't know it because they don't come back into your practice. But I can assure you they're going other places. So don't shortchange the care that you're delivering or the time it will take. Pain is the last thing to come and the first thing to go. Have you addressed some of these other challenges, concerns, issues in order to get somebody over the hump long term? That is really, really the key component of it. Because if not, think about what they're doing medications that are going to be ineffective have risks and probably not work or surgical intervention specifically on the tmj that should almost never happen except in ridiculously rare occasions so that the onus is on us to ensure that we are having those conversations as much in a proactive manner as possible. So chiropractic therapy has been shown to be super, super promising. There is a, a meta-analysis of 20 RCTs, randomized control trials, where chiropractic therapy was shown to significantly improve measures of pain, maximum mouth opening, as they say, MMO, and disability of the TMJ patients. So spinal manipulation and uh, manual therapy were the most effective chiropractic techniques to treat the TMJ. So in this study, they had a 39-year-old female, uh, six months of worsening TMJ issues, and the pain was an ache. It was exacerbated by chewing, yawning, talking, pretty important things, and the patient was reported to have frequent locking in the open mouth position. Pain was rated at an average of a 6 out of 10, so this is a really, really big deal for this patient. Now, upon examination, the patient's jaw had limited range of motion. There's muscle tension in the neck and shoulders. And interestingly, her cervical range of motion was only like 15 degrees compared to a normal of 45 degrees plus. And tenderness to palpation was reported pretty much everywhere in the head and neck. So based upon this, the patient was diagnosed with a, a TMD, a temporomandibular disorder, as well as myofascial pain syndrome. Probably no surprises as far as that's concerned. They use chiropractic uh, to take care of the TMD in the patient. They utilize an array of different techniques, uh, spinal manip uh, adjustments, soft tissue therapy, exercise rehab, all good and really, really good ideas. Uh, therapy was twice or excuse me, three times a week for two weeks. So six visits. They adjusted C1, 2, 5, 6 and C7, T1 to alleviate muscle tension and joint dysfunction. They use some scraping therapy. Uh, for reduction of soft tissue tightness and then exercise to improve the range of motion in the neck and jaw. Now, at the end of that two weeks, which is a pretty short period of time, this patient reported a 70% improvement in the symptoms they were experiencing, which is a really, really, really big deal. So the combination of care really was effective in this case. It's probably what's going to be most effective in your practice as well. Uh, they got into some discussion points later on saying manual manual mandibular therapy, wow, that's a tongue twister, of the TMJ uh, is regarded as the most effective treatment for alleviating pain and disability. And that's a really important component of this. Now, they do cervical spine manipulation, high velocity, low amplitude thrust were better uh, than some of the mobilization techniques. 
and in a randomized control trial investigating uh, strategies for taking care of TMJ, upper cervical spinal manipulation combined with dry needling was also shown to be more effective uh, at reducing pain and improving the mouth opening compared to things like splint therapy. I have no idea why you use splint therapy. That's a whole other story. Uh, Diclofenac, duh, uh, and uh, TMJ mobilization at a three-month follow-up. So another key component or layer to this is understanding that the cervical spine may play a significant role in an array of these cases. So if you see a TMJ case, do not just look there. Don't become so myopic. We've been talking about this more and more. Be sure to always address the adjacent body region or joint. In this case, it is the cervical spine. And definitely, there's so many of the structures are intertwined, and there's so much compensation that can occur, if not causation uh, or correlation for that matter, a lot of Cs. Uh, it is important to check out the cervical spine anytime you're dealing with somebody with a TMJ type issue. So again, if you want to check more about technique, there's a bunch of great opportunity to learn about TMJ, usually at state association meetings. Uh, Alex Vidan does a great job at it. But this was a great study for me just to say, hey, wh what's going on with the TMJ? It's something I never felt super, super comfortable taking care of. Uh, but I think the clinical pearls that I would take out of this study are a couple. Number one is this is a real deal uh, type thing with you know, 4 or 5% of people dealing with it. It's something that is important that we know how to take care of. Number two is the alternatives are horrible. So, so it is even more important that we know exactly how to take care of this. And the best news of all with that is 90% of people plus will get great results with the care that we deliver. And don't be afraid to take a multimodal approach, whether it's dry needling and adjustments, whether it is uh, scraping tools, soft tissue work, whether it is exercise rehab, whether it is a combination of all, of course, with the adjustment at the center of it all. I think it's a great way to approach cases like this and really, really be able to get awesome results. So before we wrap up, I will say a few words about uh, Zingit. Uh, Zingit still has a great, great offer going on right now. They're an awesome tech solution. They can get you 23 Google reviews in a month. Patient show rates 94% plus. That only scratches the surface. And if you visit zingit.com slash offer, uh, I'll drop that link down below. Schedule a demo at zingit.com dash offer. They'll hook you up with a $100 DoorDash gift card just for the demo. So head over there, do a demo. This is probably going to be something that can help your practice and you're going to get a gift card out of it. Why the heck wouldn't you do that? Head over to zingit.com slash offer. I'll drop it down below. And before we wrap up, if you're on my email list, you saw some emails go out about this, but if you did not click over, now is the chance to do so. And that is for a PowerStep orthotic. It's what I use, is what my dad uses. These are designed by a podiatrist over 30 years ago. I love them. They support the show. I hope you support them. And they want to hook you up with a free sample pair. No reason not to do that. Pro.powerstep.com slash sample. Pro.powerstep.com slash sample. If you use the code EBC for evidence-based chiropractor, they will hook you up with a free sample pair. Uh, as a chiropractor listening to the show, I just also want to say thank you so much for listening to this show. If you've not left us a rating or review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. That helps more and more docs find out about this show. If you have any questions, any concerns, or you think we should highlight a specific study that you geek out on, hit me up, Jeff, at theevidencebasedchiropractor.com. Otherwise, I hope you have a fantastic week in practice, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Evidence-Based Chiropractor. If you want to grow your practice, come back for next week's episode. If you want to grow faster, visit theevidencebasedchiropractor.com and join our MD Marketing membership today.